Hey, InterVarsity alumni. This is After Four, your podcast for navigating life after graduation. This is both an exciting and potentially tricky transition that you're making, and you might feel a little unsure about the coming weeks and months. We're here to provide you with expert advice, practical skills, and plenty of encouragement as you learn how to keep saying yes to Jesus in your new context. This is After Four, and this podcast is for you, alumni. What's up, alumni? Welcome to After Four, your podcast for navigating life after graduation. I'm your host and guide, John Steele. And today we are jumping into part two of my conversation with Joe Thackwell about moving back home after graduation. To use Joe's phrase, we're going to continue talking about contributing to the economics of the home while you're there. We're going to keep digging into relating on more of a peer-to-peer level with parents. And then we're also going to discuss making the transition to your next living arrangement if staying with your parents is not part of the long-term plan. We're going to go back just a couple of minutes from where we wrapped up last week just to make sure that we have some context. If you haven't listened to the previous episode yet, I recommend pausing right now, checking the show notes for the first part of this conversation, and then circling back right here after you're done. All right, here's the rest of my chat with Joe, and this one's for you, alumni. However you feel about your family um, and whatever your imagination is about them for the future, these are folks that that you're going to do home economics with for a long time. I mean, just think mm. out. I mean, your parents are probably thinking about their parents, right? Um, and you have all these siblings, maybe. Um what is the household economy? Um, have your parents paid off their mortgage? Um, mm. Right? Like, did they take on... Uh, the majority of the burden for your college education or not, right? Um, What is the reality for your parents right now? Um, You know, most parents these days, as even compared to when you and I were were kids, um, there's been a trend for parents to take on more of, say, that college uh, financial burden. Uh, And so I think it's great to practice being curious um, and opening up conversations that depending on your your family of origin and its culture, it may be harder. So I I recognize that. Uh, But being able to really ask the questions, what is the reality for our family economically right now? What is my reality? And being honest about that and bringing it to the table. Um, I would do, I do recommend that, that all of our alumni think about what they can do now. And even if it's Mm. like, I'm, I'm basically broke, um, you can contribute (laughs) something like time is so valuable. So perhaps you can make meals for your family. So there's less eating out. Maybe you can, you know, make the Mm. coffees in the morning. So mom doesn't go to Starbucks. Like she's come to have the habit (laughs) of doing. Um, so there, I, I would recommend finding that, that place you can start. Um, and then I've heard all kinds of great, I haven't gotten to this point in my own parenting, but, but there's lots of setups, even if your family's really doing fine. Their mortgage is close to paid off or for whatever reasons, the, your, your parents are maybe being overly generous. I don't know. Um, you there's, I have heard of parents, um, charging 
a, a small amount of rent and then saving that money um, so that at a point in the in the future that you know money saved up with interest uh, can be used for a down payment and there's there's kind mm-hmm. of a spec and I also talk to families who are like I we have sacrificed so much to get you through college we have to start thinking about our own retirement and we if this right. is going to be the setup we really need you to to chip in to the max right so it, it, there really is a spectrum I really like that thought of like, where are the places that you can contribute? Because I think for for many of us, and I, I, I can't cite any research here, but I know, <laughs> you know so, so this, this is a bad this is a bad place to go or a dangerous place to go. But I know that I've heard people talk about the places where you can put skin in the game makes something all the more important. Like you are yeah. much more bought in yes, to that. Place. Yes. So even if even if you are broke or your parents are not asking you to pay rent or some or or you're putting they're letting you live there rent free so that you can put that money towards your loans or something instead. Like it's a strategic thing. Where are the places that you can invest something back into that, that relationship? Again, this is, and this is also cultivating more of that, uh, that peer to peer relationship so that it's like, okay, I I am a part of the, I'm a part of the equation here. Uh, My parents have, uh, for many of us, not for all of us, but for many of us have taken really good care of me for a huge chunk of my life. Where are the places that I can reinvest, even if it's not financially? And I, I really like that of, you know, be a part of your, the the place that you're living, be a part of helping move it forward in healthy ways, even if financially is not the way um, that that's possible right now. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And I, I yeah, you said it so well, I, there are lots of other details we could get into in terms of, sure. of the finances, but finding a place to start. And then I think circling back as as often as you can be as intentional as you can about it. it's not all of our personality types uh, but we're all being pressed to be intentional because that's that's a big part of what it means to love others um and yes. and, and so circling back on a monthly basis even at the beginning um and if it becomes a more long-term situation, maybe quarterly, uh, and just going over things and and having honest conversation and setting a plan, and it's so so good for whatever your future is going to be with whoever you're going to dwell with, right? Uh, to practice right. this, right? So <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, Joe, you you brought this up, um, or we've we've touched on this a little bit, and that's the the transition from sort of authoritative figure, your parents being authoritative figures into wise counselor. I think that's the the term that you used a little bit ago. Yeah. Uh, somebody that, you know, somebody that's sort of like speaking into your life, but isn't maybe directing it quite as much uh, as before. And so how, what kind of recommendations or advice do you have for people who are growing in this co-adult living arrangement with their parents? How, what are, what are some steps that we can take to, to develop more of that peer to peer wise counselor? relationship yeah that's a that's a great question um man when you really look at it each relationship that our alum have with their parents even one parent versus the other parent can be so different um and and so i do i do think it's it's keeping jesus in mind that you are on a path of discipleship and and wherever your parent is, maybe they don't even know Jesus yet, um, but they are on a path of of growth as well. Um, mm. And and so I, I do like the picture, especially if your parent is a person of faith and following Jesus, that, that this is an opportunity, just like with your friends, to to really keep in mind each other's spiritual growth, um, and and 
for some, that's going to mean that your parent becomes this, like, I don't know, this incredible layered person that is both mm. mama <laughs> and, <laughs> and, uh, and friends sometimes that you're maybe having a glass of wine with and, and, and like right. gossiping <laughs> with, or, um, and, and also like you start to recognize the experience that they have and, and glean mm. from it. Um, and then you get into forgiveness because you start to understand, um, you know, how hard it is to be an adult and that your, your mom or your dad was, was like, you know, 20 something when they had you and, right. and a young parent, you know, all those things. So the, the, I just keep in front of you that imagination of this person becoming this really layered, wonderful, uh, person that Jesus loves, right? How does Jesus see this person? I don't know. I think that's my best advice. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's really great. It, it feels like it's, you know, this, this is moving beyond sort of the nuts and bolts of like, okay, what are the, what are the structures that we can set up here so that we have a healthy, like almost roommate or, uh, or landlord relationship, uh, into the, the long-term relationship and what does it look like to, to sit down and spend time and maybe to, to find ways that you can spend time uh, maybe differently than you did as a kid. Yeah. And yeah, you know, s sitting at the table with my mom with a cup of coffee, just in the, I started drinking coffee in the last couple of years. And one of the nice benefits is that I've been able to sit down when I go home and visit and just and have a cup of coffee yes. with my mom in the morning and to talk through some of these different things. And now that my my wife and I, we we own a home. And so like doing a lot of maintenance and things around the home and fixing has given me a new insight into the work that my dad did on our house yes. and seeing him as like somebody that can give <laughs> advice in some of those places. And, you know, after graduation, maybe coffee is more likely than home ownership. But, uh, you know, but what are some of those new ways as an adult that you can engage and you can learn from your parents' experiences and, and yeah, that you can you can build that layered relationship and and you start to see a different perspectives about, you know, why why your parents raised you the way that they did and um, and how that's influenced who you're becoming. And and uh, I will say, even as I'm talking here, I'm recognizing I'm recognizing the the privileged experience that I've had of having a really good relationship yes, with my parents, yes. and and so I do. Maybe it's important to bring up that maybe the flip side of this is also really important, and that's that if you are one of those people that's in a particularly tricky or potentially toxic relationship, maybe there's some, maybe it's actually safeguards that need to be put up yes, uh, as you. opposed yeah. to like sitting down and just letting whatever toxic stuff come in. Maybe you need to, to be much more guarded in the things that you, the conversations that you have, the things that you listen to. So it might actually be the opposite and that there's somebody else, a different mentor that you're leaning further into and saying like, what can I glean from you for, for now to help me like not just survive, but thrive in this difficult situation, but that will also prepare me well for the next phases of my life. Yeah, that's so good, John. That's actually, that is totally the, if you were going to ask me, is there anything else uh, that you <laughs> would advise um, to our alumni? It is exactly that, right? It is mm. um, the principle of other adults uh, that runs through uh, your adolescent formation going well, uh, your young adult uh, formation going well does really rely on the other adults 
that are around you, including your peers, right? Um, mm. And and so if you're in that kind of situation, which many of us will be for small things or big things, um, it's it's that recommendation that you you have those circles um, that you seek out counseling if need be, even counseling with your your parents um, mm. uh, that you yeah. seek out spiritual direction uh, so that you have these places to to help figure out where are the boundaries that I need to set? Um, how do I have this conversation and practice having that conversation and, um, and get uh, intercession, prayer, uh, all of that. Yeah. I mean, I, th- I think that whether or not you've had a healthy relationship with your parents or the guardians that you're moving back in with, that there, there are opportunities for developing a wise counsel relationship with someone uh, in this new phase of life that is much more adult adult to adult and not quite so much like parent child esque yes. yes. and uh, that can help train you in what it looks like to have wise counselors and and peers and um yeah where where are the places that you can be looking to lean into that and maybe yeah and maybe it is a for now maybe it is a therapist or you know somebody that can kind of walk through some of those things with you and can can help you develop tools for finding other people um um to do that with well um yeah, Joe. So as we, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about what it looks like to sort of start well to have some of these conversations around. Let's set some expectations uh, around relationship development and, and growing as peers and wise counselors. What about ending well uh, with this with this season? And you know, for some, it might be it could just be a short stint at home. It might be the summer before your grad school picks up, or uh, or it might be a longer season of time. It could be years, but um, I'm wondering how how do we discern how long to stay in this situation? And when it does come time to wrap up, like how how do we end it well and in a healthy way? Yeah, this is great. Lots of thoughts here. Uh, one of them being, you know, for 25% of Asian American families in America, okay. um, that's the norm. Intergenerational living is the norm. Uh, and so okay. it's good to think about that. And I think our society is headed more that way because of economics mm-hmm. primarily. And so uh, raising our awareness and our and our sense that that this is a plan. Long-term living intergenerationally is a plan that can have so many benefits. Um, and, and then in the short term, um, it's just have a plan, right? Maybe even get ahead of your parents on this. That would be such a blessing to them or your guardians <laughs> or whoever you're living with. And they're like, yeah. how long are you going to be here? Um, get ahead <laughs> of it, right? Like, communicate your plan wherever you are, um, looking for a job, um, and, and kind of report in about it, have something like a monthly or quarterly check-in, um, yeah. uh, and, and, and have that, have that be the t- decision point, right? Like when this happens, I will move out. Uh, right. Um, and of course things can change and everybody has grace around that. Uh, but, but having a plan and getting a little ahead of it and communicating ahead of time can be such a mm-hmm. blessing to the people uh, that you live with and, and to you, it gives you an orientation that can be positive because you can have a lot of self doubt and, and, kind of hear the voices of failure and uh, how long, oh Lord, right? Um, yeah, I mean, we can name that depression in this time if you don't have things all figured out can be real and mm. you 
only answer you can give sometimes is I don't know. Um, and that's okay too. Uh, but as you emerge, as you're able to communicate that plan, have a plan and have that goal be, uh, the thing that, that triggers, okay, now, now I'm going, now I'm gone. I'm going to go win. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And, and that's, I mean, that's just really good practice in kind of short-term, long-term goal setting and bringing other confidants into some of that planning and reassessing and being able to say like, what's the progress that we're making? I mean, I, I remember, you know, when we're, when we're on campus and I'm talking to student leaders that, uh, you know, we're having these kind of grow conversations and like, okay, what's our goal? Where do we want to go? What's our reality right now? Let's, let's assess reality and what are our options for getting where we need to be? And then, uh, and, you know, and how much will do we have to actually pursue one of these options and pursue our goal? And then you move forward with a plan and then you reassess, you sit down and you check in like, OK, how is that? Ga- has the gap changed <laughs> as far as the difference between our goal and our reality? Are we making progress? And like those are really great. Uh, those are really great conversations to have just for ongoing personal professional development to be yes. able to do that well. And to learn what's the right way to bring my parents in on this with me. And, uh, you know, for the when you're living at home with them, there's probably a certain amount of, of self-disclosure that's going to be more necessary because it more directly impacts them. Yes. And as you pursue these goals and accomplish, I hopefully accomplish these goals and move towards more independence, if that's your, if that's your desire, if that's what you're shooting for. As we're talking, Joe, I'm just realizing so many of the, so many of my own assumptions and expectations that I have around this topic and sort of mapping other yeah. people's lives onto yeah. the, the direction that my life went. So people listening, please forgive me if I'm saying stuff that does not match up with your goals or your desires or your reality. Um, but, but those are great places to sort of continue bringing in a confidant and talking through goals and progress towards a goal. Um, even if it's not moving out, uh, but that, that's, that's really great practice to do with somebody, a very, a very adult peer to peer sort of thing to do. For sure. Yeah. That's, that's, that's this goal in mind, right. Is to, to, it's part of adulting. <laughs> yes, <laughs> exactly. Um, man, Joe, uh, looking back on the on the things we've touched on, I know maybe maybe I already I already blew your final piece of advice that you had. Uh, but uh, but as we think about all of these things, whether it's related to living with parents or moving close to home after graduation, um, or if it's something totally different, uh, something totally unrelated, I wonder, do you have a a final piece of advice that you would give to our alumni who are in these early days of life after graduation? It might not be what you expected, but but it's special to me. Um, when, Great. when my boys were young, we came up with this uh, metaphor, this imagine way to imagine um, the long term for them as brothers. And so at night, uh, mm. when they shared a room, uh, we would pray about their brother tree. And it was really looking into Psalm 1 and that tree that's planted along still waters mm. and that that idea that, that you all have a relationship that's going to grow over the long term. So let's nurture it. Let's be kind. Mm. Let's forgive one another. And so it is something that I help, I like to help people imagine that their daily life is like a walk along a path uh, along that stream uh, and that the relationships mm. in your life are like these trees that are growing and, and being nurtured by the spirit. It's not in your full control, right? The sunshine and the, and the water um, is like God nurtured 
nurturing these relationships, but there are things you can do to stop and nurture each of these relationships. And so whether it's a parent or a step parent, a sibling, a half sibling, um, a step sibling, um, each of these people that you might be living with um, is, is like a tree, right? And investing and nurturing that tree, caring for it, praying for it, um, that it would thrive uh, over the long term. Just to, I just want to lend that imagination uh, in your prayer life um, that that you would see, um, let's say, your parents um, as as a tree that's being nurtured, and you 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 can mm. benefit from, from the shade over over the long term. I just planted a tree in my backyard, and it's going to take a long time for that tree yes. to grow to a point <laughs> where it has shade. But to but just to be thinking about your relationships uh, in that way. That's that's a fantastic image. I I really love that, and to to be able to take Psalm one and and imagine in that way these relationships and nurturing them, and knowing that they are nurtured by the Spirit as well. That it, as you said, it's not it's not all on your shoulders, but that that's a fantastic image and such a great encouragement of what does it look like to nurture, uh, to to not just be. Uh, well, to, to not just be benefiting from, but to also be nurturing these relationships that you're stepping into after you graduate. Uh, I, I love that. Uh, thank you for sharing that that imagery with us, Joe. Um, before Final thing before we wrap up here, Joe, do you have any final resources that you can direct people toward as they consider engaging with these relationships and this relational transition after graduation? Yeah, you know, there are two researchers to follow in sort of the emerging adult world, which is the research technical term for what our alumni are as, (laughs) you know, 21 to 27 year olds or whatever. Um, uh, One is Steve Argue, who I think you may be having on in the future. Yes, Um, he'll be joining us next week. Yeah. And uh, he with Kara Powell wrote a book called Growing With. Uh, And the Mm. the last part of that book is really, these are parent oriented books, but I think they're great. Uh, one to hand to your parents, perhaps, but to also read as a young alum. Nice. Um, okay. uh, and then and then there's a, a researcher named uh, Jeff Arnett, um, and he has a book uh, also co-authored called Getting to 30, A Parent's Guide to the 20-something Years. And those are my two best book resources. And, awesome. and Jeff Arnett is kind of the grandfather of emerging adult studies. Um, and so those are those are two places to go. Awesome. We'll make sure that those get linked in the show notes and uh, so that people can can take a look at those and continue, continue growing, planning, developing in this way. Uh, Joe, thank you so much for joining us today. This has been such an awesome conversation. Some um, The things that you're bringing up are, as I said, revealing to me the assum- my own assumptions about this part of transition. And uh, and I, I'm just really grateful for your thoughtfulness and your your willingness to uh, to share and to help our alumni transition well to this uh, this season of life after graduation. So thanks a lot for joining us, Joe. Oh yeah, John, it's been a, a real joy. What a great final image of that tree from Psalm 1 and a reminder of the partnership that we have with Jesus and with our parents in nurturing this relationship. We need to remember that it requires intentionality on our part to be good housemates and to help promote healthy relational development with our parents. But we also need to remember that they are on a journey of discipleship and development too. They're learning how to take these steps right along with you, especially if you're the first kid in your family to 
move home after graduation. So be intentional, be gracious, and enjoy the experience together. Moving back in with your parents has potential to be a really great season with one another. Lean into it while you have it. Joe, thanks so much for joining us and for helping us prepare well for moving home after graduation. You've given us some really helpful tools to navigate this transition well. Be sure to come back next week for the final part of our conversation around parents. I'm excited to chat with Steve Argue from the Fuller Youth Institute as he helps us prepare for the relational transition that comes along with moving away from home and engaging with parents at a distance. Thanks for tuning in, and I will see you in the after, alumni. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today, alumni. If there was anything that you learned, really enjoyed, or that encouraged you from today's episode, would you send us a DM or tag us in a story? We'd love to hear about it. You can find us at After4Pod on Instagram and Facebook. And if you haven't already, take just a second to unlock your phone and subscribe to the podcast. If your platform lets you, leave us a rating and a review. And if you like what we're doing here, share us with your InterVarsity or other post-graduation friends. Thanks again for listening, and I will see you in the after, alumni.